10 years time, 20, 33, you're 32. Where do you see yourself in 10 years time? Where, where do you want your rugby career to be in 10 years time? Well, I still felt proud, obviously. Yeah. I hadn't grown up in, in the country, but like it's not just pride of the country itself, but also of like how what you've done to get there. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're proud of yourself yeah. as much as you are of of the, you know the, the nation you're representing. I absolutely love the seven. I think it doesn't get quite enough not respect, like coverage. Yeah, like, coverage yeah. it needs to because. For a start, the players that play there are unbelievable, not just from the English team. Fit as well. Like unbelievably fit. fit. Yeah. We were playing Samoa in the quarterfinal, we were up. And I had to go up and take a kickoff and I was getting lifted. Mm. I went up and the Samoan guy knocked the ball out of my hand, they picked the ball up and scored off it, and I just saw that. All like, oh, I could think was that yeah. was my fault because I didn't catch the kickoff. Mm. Those sort of individual skills you learn from sevens because it's such an exposing environment. Like there's seven mm. people on the field. If you mess up, everyone knows it's your fault. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide and you're gonna be involved. Like you're gonna be making a tackle like every three phases, every two phases, you're yeah. gonna be involved somehow. And you're not gonna say no to an international call up. No, of course not. I haven't really put too much thought into where like I actually want to play. I think it's more yeah. the fact of like if I can play internationally, I'm not gonna say no to anyone. So yeah, Hayden, thank you. Uh, welcome to um, in, in 10 Years Time podcast, podcast where we interview up and coming athletes about how they motivate themselves, um, what they want to achieve in their careers and their sport, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like a start with everyone, I'll introduce you first. You're a 22 year old, um, 22, right? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, for Harlequins um, and London Scottish at the moment, kind of. Um, but yeah, played for England Sevens as well and also Ireland under 20 uh, international. So um, yeah, obviously you're born just down, just down the road here, Kingston-upon-Thames. Yeah. Um, did you have any like siblings in your family that were interested in sport? Any, anyone in your family that was interested in rugby? Uh, not really, my dad was a sprinter, so oh, okay. he, uh, he didn't really have a clue what rugby was and they still kind of don't. <laughs> so rugby was more just sort of a thing that I picked up through school and club when I was younger. Yeah. Um, so, what, and any siblings as well, or? Well, I've got a sister, so she's not, not the most sporty in the world, uh, but okay. she, uh, no, she likes watching. Right, okay, fair. Um, and then you went, went to Cranley School. Yeah. Um, that's a, like a private school, am I correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, did you, did you board there, or was it just like a, a day thing? Um, yeah, so I, I joined in the sixth form, so I went to Tiffin, which was just down the road from oh, here okay. first, and then joined in the sixth form. Um, boarded for those two years, oh. which was an interesting experience. Yeah, well, what was that like? Because I remember my granddad, um, he's up in Yorkshire, but he went to boarding school and he always, he always used to say how much he hated it. So, like, did you hate it, like, boarding there? or I I did actually love it. I think it was oh, weird okay. at first, sort of going from just sort of doing normal state day school and getting into that. And the only real exposure I had to what a boarding school could be like is watching Harry Potter films and seeing how they get along there. Right, yeah. Turning up at this like massive school on the first day and it literally yeah. looks exactly the same with these like huge dining halls and boarding yeah. houses and stuff like that. Yeah. But you, you get into it pretty quickly and like everyone's everyone's actually really nice and welcoming, so. So did you enjoy school then, like, like at Cranley or at the Tiff, that Tiffin school that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. How did you, when you were at Cranley, like I've asked, um, quite everyone, everyone of my guests, this I mean, as a young person, obviously, you've got to go to school and have the school life and stuff. So, how did you balance like doing the whole rugby thing when you were in the Quinn's Academy and then school? Like, do you find it easy? Like, 
I think I probably had it easier than a lot of people would have because like Cranley had quite a big connection with Quinns and we have like three boys at the time who were all going to Quinns. We had trained on a Monday. So they take us and drop us off in the evening and then bring us back. Like the parents would just do it in shifts. Yeah. And so you have like Oscar Beard, Will Trenome, uh Hugh Tizard as well, who was um, yeah. you above us. Uh, like we were all just taking it in shifts and dropping it off. And obviously it's school, so you can't really not do lessons and your, your homework and everything like that. Like mm. it's quite easy to get into that routine. Just out of interest, like what were you studying at Cranley or was there anything apart from rugby that they were thinking of? doing or was it just always yes yeah, so i wanted to study english at uni so i was doing english philosophy and history as my a levels right and i went to queen's belfast yeah. after right um sort of finishing sixth form when i went to join ulster oh okay and um, i studied english there so um what, like a like an author or like uh yeah yeah, I'll, 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 yeah I'll do, i do like writing yeah so do you do that do you do that's quite interesting so do you do that like in your free time i'm um, actually writing a book oh minute. nice yeah. what's what's it, what's about um, you don't have to say too much if you don't want to spoil it but yeah i mean it's not it's not too like not too like amazing no, go on, don't be embarrassed you, go on the, the, the title's a working process but basically the idea is it's basically following this guy as he deals with these like different mental health struggles and stuff oh, like that nice. sort of you know taking a lot from talking to people that I know especially around the sort of the sporting world and mates that I've got outside of it and just sort of getting a different perspective on things and it's basically all just pushed on this one bloke right okay trying to like explore yeah sort of the ideas of it and from a more individual experience and sort of just writing this guy's a bit sad right now oh that's really that's really interesting because I know um I forgot what his name but he was a dragons player I think he was doing like an archaeological thing like study or something in uni um because he's really interested in it, in it as well so it's good that you're still sticking to that um you you mentioned it was like about mental health and stuff is that so is it based on stuff around your mental health or people that you know of like i think it's a bit of both i think obviously i went to ulster and came back and yeah that, that a lot of the reason i moved back was based around the issues of being a bit homesick not being too happy with where i was you know personally mm. and then also from talking to a lot of other boys about how they feel about it like being quite open with your friends and stuff you realize that they're also going through yeah sort of bad situations as well and i think for me it was a bit of an eye-opener i then got injured sort of the start of this year yeah and i thought this is a good way to sort of start i guess processing how i'm feeling how i felt in the past and hopefully get other people to start talking about how they feel as well right okay yeah that's that's really good um so you did you did go to uni then to study you did go yeah to uni, so yeah. I, I did two years and then then dropped out and unfortunately dro did you just drop out just because of the rugby like it was yes, just too much it was yeah. a bit too much like, yeah was it a three-year course or was it it was a three yeah it was a three-year course but had sort of planned to do a couple of years part-time but yeah. it just didn't really pan out that way yeah um so did you feel like you missed out on like quote unquote like uni life like going out and making new friends and all that stuff because I spoke to um Sadia Kabea she's like England women's player yeah. um she plays for Loughborough and um she's like she always, she always wanted to go to uni and she's really determined to like finish a course and stuff as well as play rugby so just wanted, I just wanted to know if it's the same for you I wasn't over I didn't know you'd have any expectations going into uni about what uni life was going to be like I right Obviously, everyone thinks about the partying and yeah. you know all that, all that. I lived with three boys who were sub academy contracted in Ireland, so you don't get paid. It's just sort of like you're you know asked to come in whenever you're needed. Yeah. And those three lads were all studying, and I kind of got the feel of what uni life was like yeah. through them, like living with three boys who were just living the uni life alongside <laughs> doing their rugby. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I 
I, I got a taste of it and obviously once you've done it a few times and gone out and experienced what fresh as we can do that <laughs> yeah yeah i kind of had had my fair share and nice sort of dialed back a bit when when i had to you mentioned that you obviously went to belfast to do that um and also to play for ulster um did you just want to was it just a case of moving out of here in kingston just like experience like a new city a new culture like was that, was yeah, that a reason? I think there were two sides. So I think I, I grew up always wanting to play for Ireland, yeah. which was sort of something I'd had since I was about four. Yeah. Like my whole family's from there, mum's from there, dad's cousins live next door to my mum, you know. So right, okay. Like, so that, you know, being Irish was sort of my identity at that point in time, besides the accent, obviously. Yeah. Um, that was one side of it. I loved the country mm. and the rugby there. And the other side of it was I wanted to challenge myself in a completely new environment and kind of push myself to properly earn the right to play rugby and it's mm. like being in this comfort zone of you know my family are down the road here quins is down the road i've always played for quins as in, in terms of like an academy setup i just think i wanted to really push myself and personally feel like i earned earned it if you know what i mean yeah 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 i get you like a sense of like fulfillment like yeah. kind of so what was it like so if you told me why, why you moved there what was it like living in belfast compared to like here like was a bit of a culture shock obviously i know you go there quite often anyway but like yeah i mean the the culture was different because obviously it's northern ireland it's not it's not, not republic, republic yeah. so um you know you're they've obviously gone through some troubles in the recent years and yeah. stuff like that and there's it's they are quite touchy around that sort of area not so much in the people my age but people older yeah and you know it's it's a lot more prevalent in sort of the kids and stuff like that like mm. religion is such a big issue mm. or like a big talking point around mm. these guys so i think that was a bit of a shock to me because no one really talks about religion too no, much no, in, around in england yeah. so that was a that was a big thing and the one thing that did help was obviously because it's part of the uk all the road signs are the same so you're not looking mm. around at these like big blue ones that they have in ireland it's yeah. you know the exact same like brown for tourist information stuff yeah. like that yeah it's yeah. the little things that really help and also it's all in pounds as well nice yeah that definitely that definitely helps saves so changing to euros um so why oh, obviously you mentioned like your mum was your mum's irish um she's from like when i looked it was like tala tala yeah, tala yeah. so and that's like dublin is it yeah all right it's dublin, yeah. so was there a reason why you went to belfast rather than Dublin was it just like a uni thing or yeah so I'd spoken to um that sort of the IQ team that I was with like I was qualified like they formerly the exiles right and they sort of laid out this plan of like you know these are the centers that are ahead of you and you can go here here or here but like we think this is the best fit for you right so because when you get contracted at Academy Open Ireland you're just centrally contracted under the Irish Academy right so you can kind of you have a bit more choice of where to go where to go yeah you're probably not going to want to go leinster because they've just got a ridiculously large academy yeah. and a very good one so yeah. the chances of you coming Playing, through there yeah. is pretty slim so they said like also oh, it's probably the best fit like they okay. don't really have that many out and out 13s and you can kind of push to get a bit more of a bit more of a chance there i ended up playing 12 anyway so it didn't, yeah. didn't matter too yeah. much in the, in the grand scheme but Oh. That was sort of the idea around going yeah. there. Obviously, you got like an English. You're Irish, but you got like an English accent. And so when you um, when you went to Belfast and you talked about the recent troubles and all that stuff, did you feel was there any point? Because there was something um the other day, wasn't there, with that guy and he went to the uh, the football to see a son train. Um, did that ever cross your mind at all? Like as more as uh, like the more you lived there, like. How did you feel like fully safe and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I felt fine out there. Like it was, 
obviously like it's weird you go in go into there and people start taking the like the pee out of your accent a little bit like yeah yeah you're there like this is kind of the norm for where i'm yeah. from but everyone's there like oh some people call me cockney which is not even close <laughs> yeah. um so it was yeah it was interesting being not like oh yeah a foreigner out there yeah it was it was it was a new experience to say the least yeah um apart from the sporting side of of things um like with rugby do you do you think it's like opened up any more horizons to you like traveling wise because you've had to travel to play games and stuff like or is there anything else in rugby apart from actually playing it that you feel that has benefited your life oh 100 i think i spoke to um my girlfriend about this the other day it's like i didn't really grasp just how much i traveled as like part of my job mm. in terms of like i've been to south africa this year i went away to malaga and um to lose with the sevens last year mm. traveled to you know different parts of england which i probably wouldn't have gone to otherwise yeah. it's like i've actually been able to see quite a bit of like not the world because i haven't really left europe so far but mm. um you know I've, and i have south africa that was a silly comment wasn't it? <laughs> um, right. yeah like I've, I've been able to see a lot more than i would have been able to if i was just working a nine to five and yeah. sitting in an office and doing stuff like that and it's nice. yeah i'm pretty pretty grateful for being able to do that obviously um you signed a recently signed a contract at Quinns, and then um, obviously like on their page, like you're touted as they tout you as like a really good prospect. I know when you came in here, you're a bit more, you're a bit more, um, bit more. I, I don't know, uh, within yourself, not a bit more introverted about that. So I've asked everyone this as well, like as young people, like how do you respond to praise? Because quite often you might feel awkward. Um, that's what a couple of people have said to me, like whenever a trainer or someone praises them and like the press or the media or whatever they get a bit like awkward a bit yeah. and stuff is it like the same with you yeah I, I don't really like the praise too much yeah <laughs> it's um i think being in this like in the rugby world you very quickly realize you weren't as good as you thought you were coming mm. through sort of academy and stuff like that and the first two years is definitely a bit of a shock to the system yeah so i think you're still in that mindset of like you're just a young kid who doesn't really know much and you're still yeah. trying to learn yeah. So when you hear someone say like, "Oh, you know, you think you're really good," you're just a bit like, oh, "I don't think I am." <laughs> so yeah, I think this is why I probably I'm a bit shy around people to have, yeah. like give me any sort of praise. Yeah, because I, I I used to, I mean now I'm a bit different, I guess, but yeah, I used to be a bit like that as well. You get a little bit blushy and stuff, and people say how good you are. And so you mentioned earlier like your parents, like they didn't really know too much about rugby. Like your dad was a sprinter and stuff. Um, I'm guessing that and you said they still don't know much about rugby now but i'm guessing they go to most as many games as they can yeah. to go watch you play um how supportive have they been oh they've been amazing i think like you don't really think about it too much when you're younger and you think oh my parents are like you know they've got to drop me here drop me there mm. like my dad when i moved to ulster as, as well as my mom like tried to come to every saturday game i had when i was out there flew over for a day and would fly back and like they were you know not they never really pushed me to do anything like they hadn't didn't have much clue of how the rugby world worked and right it was more just a fact of like if you want to do it just just go and do it they never mm. they never pushed they just went if this makes you happy then then do it and they've, nice. all, they've always been there just to sort of give me a helping hand so their reaction when you were like when you told them or they thought you found out like oh i'm actually going to be doing this like professionally now and stuff they they were like um they're like yeah go for it like do yeah. it yeah nice that's excellent um Moving now into like the more rugby side of things. Um, also, you played in you played in the Harlequins Academy um, until the under eighteen level. Um, obviously, Harlequins have produced like some recently. Anyway, they've produced some of the best like um, talents 
Eng uh, English talents like Marcus Smith, Joe Marchant, Sinclair. Um, so after going through their academy like that, is there a reason, what is it about Harlequin's academy that you think makes it them produce so many? I think a lot of it just comes down to the way we play. I think like we're quite well known for this sort of expansive, yeah. like open style of play and yeah. that's fed in through the academy. I know it's slightly changed from when I left, but when I was coming through 16s to 18s, we didn't really have like much structure. It was literally like coaches going, see space, play. Mm. And boys just develop their ability to play rugby through that. I think nice. just being able to just get a ball into space and figure, figure it out for yourself pretty much. Nice. Um, they've brought in the structure a little bit more because it makes the transition easier from ACAD to senior where you, you know, mm. you're familiar with the sort of systems in place. Mm. But that you know, same ideology is there. It's like if you want to play, then just go and play and express yourself. And I think mm. that's why when people come through, like even if you're a prop or a second row, someone who's typically not known for being as flashy, these mm. guys still have the base skill sets to be able mm. to play unbelievably well. Yeah, like, or like Carl Sinclair, like sometimes when I watch him play, I'm like, he's a prop, but he's like doing some sick, slick little passes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you then moved to Ulster um, and you were like, uh, we, how old were you when you moved to Ulster? 18. Like, 18, yeah. Um, was it, so was it just purely, um, Obviously, I know you went there for uni and stuff, but was it also more so of like, like you said earlier, like you wanted to play for Ireland, like you wanted to play for an Irish team. Was it like more for rugby or more for? Oh, it was, yeah, it was, all, it was all for rugby. Yeah, yeah. I think it literally, as, as we explained before, those yeah. are it's a bit rich to say that now, given that I've come crawling back to Quinns, but you know, yeah, this, that, uh, was, that was the idea. Nice. Um, obviously, uh, I don't know if you know, oh, well, you definitely know, but Sammy Arnold and Kieran Treadwell, um, yeah. they moved out to Ireland similarly, um, and they've both on, gone to play for Ireland. Um, was that also in the back of your mind when you when you went out out there? Just uh, Obviously, like you said, you wanted to play for Ireland because of like, your identity, but also did you think, oh, I've actually got a really good chance to play international rugby, like yeah. a bit sooner than maybe I would have in England, perhaps. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, Sammy went to Crownley as well, so he had, um, yeah. I'd had quite a lot of contact with him. He'd come in to train, and we'd been speaking a lot. Like, I spoke to him sort of the whole way through the sort of the contract situation with Ulster and Quinn. So he was always really supportive, and, like, having you know him as an example, like, I think the year that I signed was the year he made his Ireland debut. So, like, you right. have that in your mind, thinking, like, this is yeah very possible. And, like, if you're going over, people don't really, as a... IQ player you don't really go over that often mm -hmm. and the ones that do do well so I think that was sort of the prime example mm -hmm. of like me thinking like this is definitely a genuine possibility so so did Sammy in particular did he help you quite a lot then when you were out there not just when you started talking about the contract thing but also like setting down in Ireland all that kind of stuff yeah I, obviously he was at Connacht at the time when I moved or was yeah. he, I think Mon months, Munster, the month the first yeah. yeah so like I didn't have much like one-to-one -one contact but I'd, I'd drop him a text every now and then just to sort yeah. of ask him a few questions and just get a better feel for how Belfast was but he you know he he loved it there and he was pretty yeah. encouraging of the, of the play so yeah. made it a bit easier to settle in yeah um obviously play for Ireland um under 20s and uh under 19s or under 18s as well yeah. didn't you yeah um was it how obviously like you said, you mentioned that you're, you've got an Irish identity and stuff, but obviously you've got an English accent. And I know this might sound a bit weird, but like when you sing the national, the Irish national anthem, what what was that like? Do you feel proud? Was it like a bit of a strange feeling? Because obviously you 
being brought up in England and stuff like, and then you were singing the Irish national anthem. Like, like how did, like how how did you feel when you like? Yeah, I mean, I, I still I still felt proud. Obviously, yeah. I hadn't grown up in in the country, but like it's not just pride of the country itself, but also of like how what you've done to get there. Yeah, exactly, like, you're proud of yourself yeah. as much as you are of of you know the, the nation you're representing. It is helped by the fact that it's not the actual national anthem you're singing. You're singing yeah. shoulder to shoulder. Sure, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do the Irish rendition of right, yeah. the national anthem. So <laughs> it, it does help a little bit that it's in English. Yeah. How does the so you were there for a couple you were there for a couple of years. How does the playing style out there when you're like at Ulster and even when you're in the island like you've set up, like how does the styles compare or the culture, rugby culture there, compared to here in England? There's definitely some slight differences. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, the, let, let, tell them, tell them. The Irish system, well, I can only really speak for the Ulster one, but it's so heavily based around their physicality and sort yeah. of like just the... You can see that. The <laughs> idea of just beating your the man in front of you and like clawing, like we, they had a phrase, fight for every inch, mm. which was literally this idea of like every single opportunity you have to gain a few extra percent on the, on the field, off the field, you're fighting for it, you're clawing for it. It was just such an intense system and it was unreal for like developing your skills as a player because you just have this mindset of like, I'm constantly trying to get better. And then you play, you're like, I'm constantly just trying to like gain these little extra percentages and stuff. And coming to Quinn's, I wouldn't say it's more relaxed, but it's definitely a bit more of a shift from that like ridiculously intense environment to this more of like one that's based around like enjoying the rugby with your friends and playing this like I don't want to say, to say this phrase too nicely, but this beautiful style of rugby. Yeah. You know, it's a definitely a difference. And I think it's based more around the club's identity themselves. And it's just the sense that the Irish, the four Irish teams have based their identities around Ireland, Ireland, Ireland and yeah. the similar, like, you know, it's all very similar to how the international team play. Mm. Whereas Quinns have a very individual Quinns style mm. of play, which now that Nick Evans has gone to England, it might, might seep help. into the English system a little yeah. bit, but the Quinns's way is very much the, the Quinns way. Um, and just out of interest, like which way do you think works better? Do you think it, it works best for the country if you have four provinces all together, like you said, like Ulster, Leinster, Munster, and Connor all working together for the benefit of the Irish national team, which you think it's better like they do it in England where it's like each club's... Because I guess it's got pros and cons yeah, on both I, sides. I, I don't really even think there's a way of saying one's better than the other. I think they just sort of work for whatever works best for the country. Like Ireland is a much smaller country. Yeah, they think four provinces is about right for the mm. for the for you know the place. So, yeah, and it works really well because as you can see, the, the team's world number one and they're playing some amazing rugby at the minute. Yeah, so they've got a system that's you know, figured out and they're doing really well. The English system, you know, there's more teams. It's much larger. It's a much larger country. It's, taking players from all over the place yeah you know we make that we're making that work yeah as best we can obviously it's tougher because you've got to deal with more factors and i think you know given that everything's moved around internationally a lot at the minute as well like it's just going to take a bit of time to to settle in you mentioned earlier how you've always like you always when you're little you always want to play for ireland also because i, I found um that they came to you when you're younger as well they like interested in, in you and stuff um, last year at the Commonwealth Games, you obviously you played for England Sevens. So I was just wanted to ask, like, I know it's a really hard question, um, and I appreciate it's difficult for you to answer, but do you know 100% yet which international team you want to represent yet, or are you still really, is it still really hard? To, like... I, I still think it's a bit of a way away anyway, so I think I haven't got to worry about it oh, just yet. I think, think, I mean, given that I'm locked in for three years now, because the, yeah, seven, the yeah, Sevens is, 
Yeah. The, the sevens has locked me in internationally, so I can't play for Ireland for the next three years unless I get residency yeah. anyway. Yeah. So if there was an international call up in the next three years, it would be England. England, yeah. Um, and you're not going to say no to an international call up. No, of course not. I haven't really put too much thought into where, like, I actually want to play. I think it's more yeah. the fact of like, if I can play internationally, I'm not going to say no to anyone. And have you had like people from Ireland, people from England, like behind the scenes, you? Coming up to you saying, "Oh no, no, come come play for us, come play for us." Don't play. like. Is it like that or? Nah, nah, nah. Not, not so much now that I've left. I think initially, when I wanted, to, when I was thinking about leaving, there was a little bit of like, "Oh, if you come play for Ireland sevens and yeah, you know, it's just having, yeah. you know, with the, you got the Olympics run up, you'd love to do. I'd love to do that." And it's like, yeah, I, I would, but then at the same time, it'd kind of jeopardise, you know, my situation at Quinns. Like I'm going to go play in England. It would help if I could, was English qualified as well. Mm. So I think now that I've left and I've done the English sevens, it's. You know the chats can like die down. It's just sort of like very much focused on playing your your prem rugby, your prem cups, your you know, yeah, like that. and obviously online with Scottish as well. And the Scottish, so you played sevens as well um, for England. Um, how important? Because I know a lot of players actually they start off in sevens or when they're young in fifteens they go and play sevens. Um, how important do you think that is for rugby players' development? Because um, obviously, I mean, it's it's helping you and it's helped it's helped loads of others yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the sevens. I think it doesn't get quite enough not respect like coverage yeah like, coverage yeah. needs to because for a start the players that play there are unbelievable not just for the english team fit as well like, unbelievably super fit. fit yeah um which was sort of the big show out when i turned up there <laughs> having been a 15s player my entire life like yeah. i was about 10 kilograms heavier than everyone else and yeah. they were all just rapid shredded like running rings around you yeah um and it's shown because boys that come through sevens and then start to play fifteens are tearing up. Like we have Will Will Edwards, who is um fly off for us. He's unbelievable player, like so skillful. Yeah. But then you have like Rory McConaughey. Um, you got Corey Tool, who's just played in Super Rugby, and mm-hmm. he was unbelievable. Like these guys are coming across Ches and Colby as well. Yeah, obviously. Like these guys are coming across and tearing rugby up, and it's just shows to show like those sort of individual skills you learn from sevens because it's such an exposing environment. Like there's seven mm. people on the field. If you mess up, everyone knows it's your fault. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide and you're going to be involved. Like you're going to be making a tackle like every three phases, every two phases, you're yeah. going to be involved somehow. You're going to be sprinting, I guess, a lot more yeah. as well. And so. you're like forced to have to either, you know, sink or swim kind of thing. It's like yeah. you, if you don't get better, then you're not going to get picked. So do you think when you talk about the sink or swim thing, is it, do you think it's good for young players mentally as well as physically because obviously it's in if it's in like last minute or something in sevens and say you drop a ball even if it goes backwards and the onrushing players might just be quicker than you like like that kind of situation like under pressure like yeah i think like you know pressure pressure makes diamonds doesn't it so i think if you if you can get through those sort of high pressure situations and you know either just survive it or come out of it the other side and like you know, you are better for it in the long run. And you know, I, had, I had one at the Toulouse Sevens where we were playing Samoa in the quarterfinal. We were up, and I had to go up and take a kickoff, and I was getting lifted. Mm. I went up, and the Samoan guy knocked the ball out of my hand. They took the ball off and scored off of it. And I just saw that. And like all I could think was that yeah. was my fault because I didn't catch the kickoff. Mm. Yeah. Um. And like you know, I woke up the next morning and I was fine. So I think it's one of those ones. It's like you realise being in those pressure situations that you know you're fine afterwards. Yeah. And it's like, you can look back at it and think, I've been in these situations before. You know, even if I don't succeed or do well in it, I'm going to wake up the next morning and be completely fine. Mm. And so you can take that into like, you know, your next games and stuff and mm. not feel the pressure so much because, you know, 
there isn't really any pressure from anyone else. It's just no. pressure you put on yourself. Yeah. And I guess when you talk about this, going back to stars, well, because you mentioned like Quins are quite expansive, I guess playing for sevens, that also helps you for Quins. Obviously, um, Quins and you mentioned London Scottish, they've got like a partnership at the moment um, where you've played for them this season. And I think um, Cassius, uh, Cleves, Cassius he, he's played yeah. for them as well. Um, so what's that like? That I mean, that must feel pretty good uh, playing quite like more regularly than you have previously yeah. um, in senior sides. Um, so, and I was just wondering like, what does the rugby, again, asking similar when I asked about how the Irish culture compares to the English one, what's it like playing in the championship where obviously there'll be small stadiums, obviously other, no disrespect that the other players might not be as good as a quality as the, um, yeah. as the premiership team. So what's that like? I mean, it's, it's great. I think it's, there's not that much of a difference. It's like, I think I definitely thought going into the oh, champ okay. as well. I think yeah. it's a lot of it's to do with, you know, how much, how many resources they have. Obviously, mm. this, how quick this speed of ball is and stuff like that is like a s small differences that means that, you know, the Prem teams and the champ teams are, you know, yeah. Prem and champ teams. I guess one has to go up, don't they? Yeah. So have to be ready. So it's not as massive a difference. There's definitely a difference. I think we're wrong. Right? Yeah. There's definitely a yeah. massive difference. Not massive. There's definitely a difference between the two teams. But Scottish and Quinns like have the same systems, like because obviously it's a partnership now. We have Quinns coaches that comes down, they deal with everything. You have got Joe Gray, who's ex player from last year. He's now the head coach. We've just taken the Quinns system and put it in Scottish and gone. Let's go play some rugby, and it yeah. helps us as lone players because we go out. We're not having to learn new systems, new plays, new calls. Mm -hmm. We just play in the system that we play when we train with the first team. So yeah, it helps because quality of rugby is good. Mm. And then you know, it's your system, so yeah. you're used to it. I guess it, I guess it helps both ways because obviously, like you get the young talents, like they're getting regular game time and stuff, and then obviously London Scottish, and they can benefit as well because they'll have good, like good players as well mm. playing for them. Normally, when I uh, end it, I'll ask the athlete, like, where do you see yourself in ten years' time? But before I do, I'm going to ask you, obviously. France 2023 this year World Cup. Um, I just out just generally out of interest. Who do you think is going to win? See, to me, it's between France, Ireland, South Africa, New Zealand. Yeah. One of them four. One of them four. I'd to me, I'd, anyway. I'd love, I'd love to think Ireland are going to win it. Yeah. If, if, but like to get over that quarterfinal curse and then win it, it yeah. would be huge. Yeah. France have been unreal. Yeah. South Africa, just they're South Africa. Like, they're always pretty decent. Yeah. I, I, I think out of the four, including New Zealand, New Zealand are probably the least likely to win it. I could, yeah. Eat, I could fully uh, eat my words. I think this is probably like one of like the. I hope no New Zealand fans don't get angry with me, but I think this is like obviously it's still an amazing team, but like compared to other teams, yeah. it's not as good. I don't think anyway. I mean, they've got Bowden Barrett and he's class. Well, but, there's um, who's in that group of death? Is it like Scotland, Scotland, Ireland, South Africa? I don't think Japan's in it, but no. I know I know those, those three. three. And I mean, that's like um, like given how Scotland have gone at the minute, if they can build that into the World Cup, yeah. that's going to actually be a very very competitive <laughs> yeah. group, which yeah. could see some like, yeah. see some upsets. I mean, Ireland are playing Scotland um, in a couple of weeks, so yeah, it should be good. Um, yeah. So last question. Um, it's first of March, um, Saint David's Day. Um, for people in Wales. Um, obviously, you're 22 now. Ten years time, 2033. You're 32. Where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Where, where do you want your rugby career to be in 10 years' time? Oh, if I can dream big, I'll <laughs> hopefully still be playing rugby, haven't played in a World Cup, 
probably at 32, I'd love to be playing in France and in the big bucks. Oh, you, you really want to play in France? Is uh, that yeah, something? I'd love, I'd love to go play like France, Japan. I sort of do all that. Do, yeah. Maybe 35, I'd say I'll be doing that. If I'm still good at 32, then I'll stay in England and yeah. play rugby there. But I think, you know, yeah. ideally, you know, be still playing. Nice. Uh, Hayden, you've been excellent guest. Thanks so much for coming and taking thank time out of your day for thanks us. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, great. You've been great guest to talk to. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Class, man.